0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. We've been in a series up until Palm Sunday called Faith 2.0. And I just didn't get to scratch my itch enough. You ever had an itch that you just couldn't scratch? And you find yourself doing these little things and and you ask somebody, would you please help me out? Well, in my spirit, there's a little itch there concerning this topic of faith 2.0. And I ran into our two Sundays that were pretty important on our calendar, Palm Sunday and Easter. So we've ministered through those two Sundays. And I want to jump back into faith 2.0. And I want to go to the book of John chapter number six, John chapter number six, and we will look at verses 16 through 21. 16 through 21. In the evening, his disciples went down to the sea. They got in the boat. They headed back across the water to Capernaum. It had grown quite dark, and Jesus had not yet returned, and a huge wind blew up, churning the sea, they were maybe three or four miles out when they saw Jesus walking on the sea quite near the boat. They were scared senseless, but Jesus reassured them, it's me. It's all right. Don't be afraid. So they took him on board and in no time they reached land, the exact spot they were headed to. When it comes to miracles, everyone say miracles. When it comes to miracles, it is so hard to figure out in between our ears the miraculous. Our little brains, our minds, have such a hard time comprehending the supernatural because we're natural. And we can't, for the life of us, really get to the place in our own comprehension the things of the miraculous. And what happens is we find ourselves asking questions like this. Did that really just happen? We find ourselves asking questions like, was that even possible? We find, is it really possible to have 500 times an offering returned to us? Is that... Is that, did I hear that right? Is that even possible? And we, we struggle. It's almost like a small little calculator that cannot uh, use large numbers. And when you try to, it spits out that there's been an intellectual error. Uh, when you start trying to consider the miraculous work of God, sometimes in our ability to do that shows our inability. And there's an intellectual error or, or we, we, we become dumbfounded. We become head scratchers. We become confused at how did that happen. How many of you have ever heard the old saying, you've got to see this to believe this? Well, with faith 2.0, we're going to flip it. It's you've got to believe this to see this. There's a place in faith, there's a place in in believing God that is greater than what you can see. If I've got something that you've got to see to believe it, guess what? All I have to do is get you close enough to see it, and then you'll believe it. That didn't take much faith. That just took you getting to the right place at the right time and me kind of revealing something to you. But none of us need something revealed to us by our mother, our father, our friends sitting next to us in church. We need something revealed to us in the supernatural. Because every single one in this building, no matter how well you have it today or how well uh, you've had it yesterday, we all need more from God. We need something that comes from a different place a greater place. We need something that comes from the supernatural. And how you obtain that is you must believe it to see it. There's a job that all of us are familiar with, a vocation, that we're all familiar with, and I'm not real sure if any of us would ever want to sign up for the job, and that is being A meteorologist in the South. (laughs) We find ourselves so frustrated with these poor weather men and weather women here in the Metroplex. You plan for rain, you better get your sunscreen out. You plan for sunscreen, you better pop an umbrella open. There's no way you can predict the weather around here. I remember one Easter Sunday a few years ago, we had about an inch of snow on Easter Sunday. Remember that? Well, I'm glad I didn't wear a seersucker suit that Sunday. That would have been funny. The weather. The weather's so, it, 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 it's, it's so fickle. It's, 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 you can't control it. What's interesting is, is that We probably know more about Mother Nature today than we ever have, but yet we still can't control the weather patterns. We have reinforced concrete, Brother Patton, for earthquake scares. We have safe rooms built in our homes for tornado scares. I remember one time early in my marriage, we didn't even have kids, babe, and I remember we were living over in Arlington, and it was our first house and uh, it was that house that became our miracle story. It was a house. Uh, imagine buying a house today for $42,000. Well, we did it. God was on our side. Now, of course, we wore bulletproof vests to check our mail. <laughs> I ain't joking either. You, you give your wife a gun and say, cover me while I go to the, get the mail. But it was our stepping stone financially because God allowed us to sell it and, and, and do great things through it. But it was in that house. I remember uh, the, the, the television came on, and, and it, was, it was, if you're in Arlington, you need to take cover. And I'm like, what in the world? Take cover? And, and I'm thinking, take cover means take cover. But I look out my window, and like 50 of my neighbors are in the middle of the street And I'm like, either they've got it wrong or the meteorologist has got it wrong because take cover doesn't mean walk out and look. Well, what do I do? (laughs) I walk out (laughs) and look and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm done because that weird green sky all of us are familiar with. I remember Denora and I, man, we hunkered down in what we thought would be the safest room in our house and no action. We were so disappointed at least scare us when you come by. The weather, it's crazy. But while we can't predict the weather, here's what we know throughout the Gospels. More than once we see that Jesus Christ in his divinity, we see him calm the raging storm. We see Jesus Christ the mighty God among us, we see him speak peace even in the worst of climate. So beautiful to watch how he would just speak peace and the storm would cease. The Sea of Galilee happens to be a a place of frequent miracles. I'm not really sure why, uh, but it's pretty cool. The Sea of Galilee we see, first of all, the, uh, the miracle of the fish that were being caught. So we have a miracle that's under the sea, actually, and we've got about 153 fish caught when they couldn't catch a fish all night. He told them the fish on the other side of the boat. Remember that? Yeah. And then we have a miracle on the same body of water where he spoke peace and the storm settled. But here in this text, we have one more astonishing miracle where Jesus actually walked on the water he walked on the water now I've been in a storm before out on the water and I wasn't sure if my good friend Jed Cottle was going to be in this service or not and I'm so glad he's here today and didn't have to work but Jed and I (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. we've been on a body of water in the middle of a terrible storm with one of our wonderful friends that has gone to be with the Lord. And he's a friend to our church, Brother Mickey Harlow. And if you've ever been around here for Calvary any length of time, you know of whom I speak in Mickey Harlow. And Mickey had this, just this gorgeous awesome, super fast, super nice. Everything Mickey had was always the best. And he had the best bass boat that money could buy, but it just wasn't good enough not to sink. And the three of us were in this unbelievable boat. And the storm came up on Tawakini, and Mickey, this bigger-than-life personality, he says, why are y'all nervous? And we're over there with life vest on. We're hunkered down, and he's fishing in the middle of the storm. I'm telling you, it was as dark. It was as rough. The waves were crashing. And we're like, won't you stop fishing for a minute? No, you catch real good ones in the middle of the storm. You got to keep fishing, guys. And we're like, we're not fishing. We're scared. Mickey never worried about a thing until he fired up that expensive motor. He says, hold on. Boom. Boy, he shift that boat into gear. That boat just shot out of the water. And unfortunately, the nose went right back down. We took in so much water, it knocked the motor off. The motor stopped running. Mickey, what does he say? This bigger-than-life superhero figure. He says, don't worry, we got the trolling motor. He puts the trolling motor. It's not working either. We need to worry. <laughs> the boat's spinning. It's floating here. It's floating there. And Mickey, being the sharp guy he is, His greatest concern now is not for my life. His greatest concern is not for Jed's life. His greatest concern is that boat hitting the rocks. And he says, everybody jump out of the boat. We got to keep this boat from hitting the rocks. (laughs) And here's the biggest shocker of the whole story. None of us walked on water. (laughs) We all went and came right back up. It's crazy. Jesus walked on water. Now, check this out. I'm going to share something with you that you may not know, and I did not know until I looked into it. In order for a human being of average size to walk on water, you've got to be running at 67 miles per hour. I've not done that lately. 67 miles per hour. The fastest recorded human that we have is a little fella out of Jamaica named Usain Bolt. Usain, what a cool name for a runner. I mean, that dude was God anointed to be a runner. What's your name? Usain Bolt. It, you'll catch it about lunchtime. The fastest Usain Bolt has ever been recorded was 27.7 miles, uh, 79 miles per hour. So we'll just round it up, 28 miles per hour. But yet a human must be running at 67 miles per hour to stay on top of the water. Don't tell me this Jesus Christ that we all love and have given our lives to didn't have some divinity running through his body. I know he was... A man among us but he was God among us as well and the divinity of Jesus Christ is just at home walking on the water three or four miles out in the sea in the middle of he didn't even do it when things were at calm and peace he's doing it's like he's surfing waves or something and I say that with respect but in the middle of a storm three or four miles out he's walking own water in this beautiful talking about miraculous works of God we're talking about the supernatural now how the gospels work you might be new to the scriptures we've read from John today but there's a few other gospels that tell the same story but just from someone else's different perspective Matthew's same account of this story says that someone else walked on water today in this account. It was a gentleman by the name of Peter. It says that Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on water as well. Now, Let's talk about faith for a moment before we deal with this guy named Peter and him walking on water. I came across a real cool definition of faith, and I hope it goes over well with you. I hope you catch the, 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 um, the, the mind-blowing fact of this, this definition of faith. Someone said that faith is like crawling up a tree, climbing out on the limb, sawing off the limb, and watching the tree fall. Anybody got that kind of faith? <laughs> Don't go running laps on me right now. Anybody got that kind of faith? That's some, that's some faith, isn't it? How many of you are familiar with the name Elisha Otis? Elisha Otis. You may not know his name when you hear first and last name together, but you're probably familiar with Otis elevators. It is said that the equivalent of the world's population, the world's population, it is said that the equivalent of that population utilizes one of Otis elevators' inventions the elevator, the escalator, the moving sidewalk. Every three days, equivalent of the world's population has utilized one of Elisha Otis's uh, inventions. Here's the crazy part about this guy, Elisha Otis. The year was 1854. He's in Hyde Park, London, and we have the crystal, uh, what, was it, what was it called? Let me look in my notes here before I get that wrong. It was the Crystal Palace exhibition, and no one's wanting to buy his newest invention, which was the braking system of the elevator. No one believed it would work, so Elisha Otis Concocted one of the most famed sales pitches of all time. He took one of his elevators up to a platform, and he took with him an axeman. Yeah, that means a man with an axe. And when they got to the top, they got into the elevator, and and uh, Elisha Otis got into the elevator, and he told the large crowd there to see his latest invention. He he said, now here. Here is the braking system of which I've invented. And he commands the axeman to cut the cable. And the elevator drops to a free fall. It's going down and the braking system slows it down. And he could not keep up with the sales orders because he was willing to cut the cable. I've heard something similar. (laughs) And this makes me just tense up with a little nervousness. I heard something similar about an armor company, a body armor company, that they were having a hard time moving their product. So in order to get things sold, they took a willing volunteer, strapped a vest on him, and had someone shoot him. Anybody got that kind of faith? (laughs) We've got that body armor here, and we're going to go to the parking lot after church, and we're going to see how many of those we can sell today. Could you imagine being in an elevator and cutting the cable and hoping, believing, trusting that the braking system would engage and save your life? Elisha Otis had enough faith in his product that he was willing to do it. Could you imagine strapping on a vest and saying, take your best shot, Leroy. Go ahead. She'll be right here. Could you imagine that kind of fear? But yet, they believed in their product so much that they were willing to take the shot to the chest wearing the body armor. Now, let's let's shift back to our friend Peter. Peter is scared of who he's seeing on the water. The Bible says they weren't real sure what they were seeing out there. And the fear came over them. And and they said, who are you? What is this? What's going on? It's kind of like the... Questions we ask with the miracles. What is this? We can't explain this. And it was Jesus that spoke a word of peace back to the men on the ship. And he said, don't be afraid. It is I. And then there was this guy named Peter. That all because of the declaration that it was the Lord out there on the water in the middle of the storm... Peter says, well, if it's truly you, bid I come. If it's truly you, why don't you have me come and join you? And what does Jesus say? Jesus doesn't say, I wouldn't do that. That's probably not the best of things to try. Jesus said, it is I, come. And own a word from God. Own a simple, straightforward, directed word. Word from God. Peter jumps overboard. And the Bible tells us that he walked on water. Now, here's how our natural minds want to work. Here's how our flesh chooses to read. Here's how we engage the supernatural. When we can't explain something, we use all of our energy to explain it away. We want to say what everyone's thinking Well, he didn't do it long. If you've read the story, your natural response is, yeah, but he ended up sinking. (laughs) Our natural way of thinking is we don't want to see the miracle because we can't explain the miracle. So therefore, we try to explain it away and say, yeah, but he didn't last long, did he? He jumped overboard. I bet he wishes he didn't do that. But he did walk on water. So why don't we just... Let's just share something this morning. Do we want to spend our time and our energy and our effort in looking at the fact that when he lost his focus and when he lost his faith that he sank? Or do we want to look at him and examine what happened when he had his focus and when he had his faith he walked on water? I don't think I want to go another day looking at all the things that can go wrong in my life. I don't want to spend all my time looking at all the things that have not gone right and possibly won't go right. I want to spend my time and my focus and I want to use my faith in the fact that all things are possible. When you've got your focus and your faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone say all things are possible. If you will believe Peter had a moment. Who! He had a moment that he believed. Somebody in this room this morning needs to have a moment. You need your moment of belief. You need your moment of faith. And the beautiful thing is, that's all that's required of you is to have a moment. If you'll just come to your senses and have a moment of putting your faith in Jesus Christ. It's a moment's decision to trust him and take him at his word. You too could probably walk on water. But here comes our flesh again, not for long. You never know if your focus stays right and if your faith stays intact. Here's what happens to us. We get a glimpse of his divinity and it's so overwhelming It's so mind-blowing when we have our God moments in our life, whether it be in an altar with a prayer partner, whether it's in our own privacy of our car on I-20, and we call on the name of Jesus and he spares our life from that tragic accident. When we have that moment where his divinity shines so bright that it blows our minds, oftentimes we retreat back to, "I I can't explain how that works. I can't understand how that happened. I don't know what took place. I just know it was supernatural and all of a sudden we lose our focus we lose our faith and all the while Jesus is bidding us come further come with me you can walk with me however long you choose to walk with me in this place of supernatural miracles in this place of faith 2.0 in this in this life that's at a higher level of of God and the supernatural if you'll just stay focused and keep your faith someone say I received that right there Amen, amen, amen. Here we find ourselves looking at Peter, and we also have some other fellows in the boat that were with him, and I close with this. If our, if our worship team can come this morning and help me out, uh, I want to close with this right here. I dealt with this several months ago, and I want to revisit it. Everybody say regrets. regrets. There's two types. There's action regrets. Everyone say action regrets. And then on the other side of the coin are inaction regrets. Everybody say inaction regrets. All right, stay with me now. Stay with me, check this out. Some things you regret doing in your life. God, I'll tell you the truth, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But then in life, there are some regrets that you look back and you're struggling now today because of the what if. You've got the struggle through the what if. I wish I would have done that. Where would my life be today if I would have done that? If I would have taken that promotion? If I would have asked her to marry me? If I would have bought that house? If I would have seized that opportunity what if where would I be today and you, and you live a year later 20 years later and you're always struggling drinking your cup of coffee your hot tea you're struggling through oh I wish I would have I wish I would have I wish I would have so do we want to really talk about Peter jumping out of the ship and sinking or do we want to talk about the cats that stayed in the boat that will never know what would have happened Because they'll never know, Patricia Law, what they could have done with Jesus. Who's to know what could have been recorded in the Gospels if one of them would have jumped out by faith? I come by on this Sunday morning just to gently tap someone on the shoulder. And just remind you, God's given you this span of time He's given you this day. It's the day of grace in your world. Don't let another day go by with having a regret of you not taking a chance on the Lord. Don't live with an inaction regret. Well, what if I jump out and I sink? You'll never know if you don't jump out. I don't think I want to take the bullet to the armory vest. I don't think I want to cut the cable to the elevator. Well, it's almost like those little fellas in the Old Testament where they got to the crossways of the roads, the crossroads of their life, and they all just sat down, and they started looking around, and they started thinking, well, the enemy's coming. Well, there's nothing here to eat. Well, we're all out of money. What do y'all want to do? And one old boy said, well, we could just sit here and die. Or we can get up and take a chance. I just have asked somebody this morning, do you just really want to have your life be what it's always been? Or do you want to take a chance on something greater? Because that's all we're talking about is you taking a chance on a shepherd, you taking chance on a savior, you taking chance on Jesus. He's already proven that he can walk in the middle of the worst storm of your life. He's already proven through scripture that if you'll just simply jump out of the boat and come to him, that he'll take care of you. Or do you just want to stay in the boat and let the storm take you wherever the storm takes you? You know, all of us guys, and there's a few ladies in here that follow sports. All of us have now, we've become, we've become addicted to the little phrase that old Parcells has made famous. It is what it is. God forbid we live our spiritual life that it is what it is. It doesn't have to be what it is. Let Jesus change your world. Let Jesus change your life. It doesn't have to be how it's always been. You just have to take a chance. Let the man that walked on water call you to join him even in the midst of the storm. So let's let's talk about real life for a moment before we pray. Let's talk about real life. Here's some of the things I'm trying to get across without saying them, so I now choose to say them. Why don't you take a chance and apply for the promotion? Why don't you take the chance and try out for the team? Why don't you take the chance and put an offer in on the house? Just take a chance. Go in for the interview. Oh, I'm not qualified. You don't know what you are qualified and not qualified for when Jesus is on your side. But I don't have the experience. You have no idea All it takes is one word from the Lord into a manager's ear and he'll overlook all of that. But it's just $100. But $100 could be multiplied by 500 times if you take a chance. But I don't know all I should know. But we're talking about him. He's the omniscient one. He knows it all. Take a chance on something greater. But you don't know how much sin I have in my heart. You don't know how much he can forgive. But you don't know where I've been. You don't know how he can forget. But you don't know what all I've said. But I know how much he can wipe clean if you'll just take a chance. Oh, I'm trying to reach somebody this morning. I'm just trying to get you to the point where you're ready to bail ship and head on out into the middle of a nightmare storm in your life. But yet he's sitting there saying, peace, be still. I'll receive you with love. I'll receive you with provision. I'll receive you with care. I want you to stand this morning. Prayer partners, come quickly. If you'll quickly move. Quickly come. I want to give someone a chance to pray. I want to give someone a chance to come to the Lord. I want to give someone a chance to repent of sin. I want to give someone a chance to be healed by the power of God. All over this room, there are men and women. There are men and women that need a touch from God. And I want you to have that opportunity. I'm not, I know we're not all sitting in a boat today. We're standing in a pew. But isn't it interesting it's about the same difficult step? Because our pride says, I can't step out. Won't you step out? Don't allow your flesh and your pride. Don't allow the ego and the arrogance of our human nature to keep us from having what God wants us to have. I'm about to pray. While I pray, I just simply ask you to come quickly. I just want you to come quickly and express, verbalize to these what you need in your life done by the power of God. I'm praying now, so come quickly this morning. We won't hold you long. We just want to agree with you in prayer. If you're a guest here today, this altar's for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for these today. I pray, Lord, that something happens in the supernatural. I pray, Lord, that needs are met. I pray, Lord, that chains are broken. I pray, Lord, that deliverance comes. There are men and women here today, God, that need a miracle in their life. They need their minds calmed. They need their hearts purified. They need their marriages. They need their children. They need their jobs. They need all the aspects of life taken care of And I just pray in the name of the Lord that you would do a work in this.